episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're going to be talking about Love 101 episode 8, which is the season finale. And I have a lot of feelings. I just watched this and I think Sophia has a lot of feelings and Ezgi doesn't remember what happened. So it should be a fun episode. Um, I am drinking Diet Coke and eating trail mix and it's great, but no tea in sight. Oh yeah, I forgot to make my tea. I've been having Earl Grey tea again, but I forgot to make it in time for this episode. I don't know that Earl Grey tea goes with takeaway chicken. <laughs> That's just if I know. want to, if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, I don't think I've ever told you about this, but like one of my friends from college did like the worst, most disgusting combinations of things, like peanut butter with like pasta or like no it was pasta oh. with cheese and like ketchup and peas or like some weird stuff like that peas i can see i can see that mm. your friend and i might might have gotten along <laughs> <laughs> do you have any tea Eski? i don't have tea although yeah the fact that i watched this episode like 10 days ago and i don't remember a damn thing tells me i should probably take a memory supplement of some kind <laughs> oh god Whatever. um all right well sophia will bring us all up to date when she talks about what happened in this episode. I, we, we filmed, filmed, recorded, I don't know, the previous episode a while ago, so I'm not entirely sure if this is where we left off, but I do think it is where we left off last time with Eda and like, oh God, Ishik catching up and like, you know, like, oh, the good old days, whatever. Like, remember how crazy we were. Remember the crazy decisions we made. Like, honestly, I just have the urge to fast forward through any conversation that involves. I was so tempted, but I did it for you listeners. So, (laughs) oh my God. Horrible. Yeah. So basically, um, I guess the salient part of this thing is like, yeah, of course, like, remember what we did when we were teens? Like, do you think those decisions really affect our lives today? Whatever. And of course, Edda is drawing as she draws everywhere. She's drawing like, apparently this episode, we find out that she's really into drawing stuff on people's bodies. So she's drawing some sort of image on the Sheik's arm while this they have this interesting conversation. Um, so then we flash back to them again in that room where, where they're about to find out whether they were expelled or not. And she's drawing on the Sheik's like wounded arm, like, slash bandage that was confusing and like probably not hygienic for that wound anyway um (laughs) so all the teachers are in their council seats trying to make a decision about whether to kick these kids out of school or not and so Burgess seems like she's been convinced like she's like definitely like resigned to having these kids expelled so she starts with this whole speech which I have to say, this whole episode is just such a giant cliche. Like, I can't. She's like, are you guys comfortable with ruining these kids' lives? You literally are killing them because they will have no opportunity in their life. And, like, all this stuff. And, like, her being like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to kick them out. Like, if, if we all, like, come to the consensus that we're going to ruin their lives and they're going to have no opportunity. And, like, I'm still very confused about this narrative because, like, I don't understand if there's no GED in Turkey. I feel like at every in every country there, there, like, there definitely is. Yes, yes, there yeah. definitely is a way to do it. Out, you know, outside of the regular school system. Yeah, 
that's just like mind-boggling to me like as a premise like I understand there needs to be a premise but there could have been like a more unquestionable premise um anyway so Nedjdet is like oh my god teachers are you really gonna side with her like what the hell is wrong with you and like all the teachers are like crying because they're so inspired by this speech and so feel so responsible about ruining these poor kids lives it's really something <laughs> it's funny anyway so they actually get only one vote for expulsion from Nedjdet who's the only heartless person who is not moved by Burju's very moving speech so he goes to that room and he's like 11 to 1 whatever but the only thing you have to do is apologize like if you apologize we won't kick you out of school so they all like walk out turns out that Nedjdet like I don't know if he tells the student that students this or like what the deal is but he's basically like I'm gonna humiliate these kids like they're gonna see that it's horrible that they behave the way they did even if I couldn't kick them out so like everyone's whispering about them being like haha these kids are gonna be so humiliated by Nedjdet like they're finally getting what's coming to them and like whatever and they're all like I don't know if I should do it like apologizing that's a pretty big thing and then that's when you realize that they're 18 and like maybe when you're 18 that's something you would do even though it's the most ridiculous thing in the world not to apologize when you're like a huge thing is at stake such as your schooling um because this show has made us believe that if they don't get this schooling they will not get schooling at all they're like they're all discussing whether they should apologize or not and they should in my opinion because they shouldn't be dumb 16 year old or however old they are um because this could really affect them like as, as like how the show has framed it it's going to be real bad for them if they quit school so Osman's like leading the pack being like okay we need to apologize and everyone else is like I don't know so they decide that each person will decide what they're going to do so then somehow I'm very confused about the methods um our friend Kemal invites or like summons Burju to his office and he's like gives her like this nice speech that I re- that I kind of like because like it's the first teen movie like or teen show speech where it's not like I'm like he says like I'm gonna listen to you I want to know what your needs are and what you want like why is this other dude not fulfilling them which I mean it's still kind of fucked up but anyway so she's like um let's just give it a try and they have a nice kiss a nice passionate kiss which I can't remember if they had had before but I feel like they had. So then we go to Kemal and his parents and his dad like apparently had a miraculous realization that he was a shitty dad. So he apologizes for being a shitty dad. And the mom's like, yeah, and now you apologize too. apologize in front of everyone in the school. We'll be there to support you. Um, And basically something very similar to the sequence goes on with each of the parents. But the difference that with Eda's parents, she like finally has the courage to tell them that she wants to be a graphic designer. And the mom's like, that's definitely beneath you. Like, I expect you to do better than that, which we can discuss later, but I'm very confused. And then, well, especially because graphic design was like the profession in the 90s slash 2000s, which is very confusing why that wouldn't be a choice. And so then, of course, they're all hanging out by the, like, like outside of Sinan's house. And that's when they decide that each one's going to do their thing. Um, and then we go back again to Edda and Ashik's conversation, which again is the same thing. Like, do you think the decisions we made when we were 17 affected the rest of our lives and blah, blah, blah. And like, of course, Ishik again, confessing that she's 
badly adjusted to life because of her wonderful teenage experiences. And so we see like young Ishak heading to school. We see each of them heading to school and like, it seems like they might regret it or like take it back. And we see our favorite um, like masochist or I don't know like what somebody who inflicts pain on others is called. Um, but Nejdet is like writing this a status. Oh, right? status. Status. Yeah, yeah, that's the right word that I was looking for. And he's like writing this text, like a very humiliating text to have them read out in the in the yard where there's like a ton of people and all of their parents as well, except obviously for Sinan's parents. Um, and so like Sinan's standing back there and like um, this guy, Kemal, comes to talk to him and Sinan's like, you know, I kind of need to get this off my chest. We set you and Burju up. So like... Okay, we can discuss that later too, but unnecessary in my point of view. And at the same time, like Burju goes and talk. Oh, she talks to Red Dress, whose name we could never figure out. Now she's Red Skirt in this episode. Billy. <laughs> Is her name Billy or Bobby? Billy. We just said Billy last time. Billy. <laughs> it is Billy. I did go back and check, but Husky it's not. Billy. It can't be. It literally isn't, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the subtitle said, though. I know, and we can't. I, I, I could. I like went back. I couldn't understand what uh, Burju was muttering instead of like <laughs> a real name, whatever. Um. So basically, this woman like implies that Burju, everything in Burju's life is perfect and everything works out for her. And Burju's like, "Oh my God, it's actually the kids. They were scheming against me, or like they were scheming to get me to fall in love with Kimat." <laughs> and- sorry, I was shocked that she put two and two together I would not I mean we get into that the most out of character right. thing that's exactly ever happened. <laughs> anyway we'll get to that later but I was floored <laughs> by the realization I actually didn't even understand why she was having a flashback until I was like yeah. oh wait she figured it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she has all these flashbacks to all the and she she's kind of I mean I don't know we can discuss it she seems pissed she sees the kids and like just walks out of school and it it starts like Nedjet starts calling each of them and they each like decide not to apologize and say increasingly like bad stuff about him. The only one that actually makes sense is Ishik, who's like, okay, they were gonna kill my friend. So I definitely um defended him and I don't feel any shame about that, which is the most logical thing any of the six or five have ever said on this show. And so Kimon's just watching there. He's kind of like smirking, which I guess he has like some sort of approval for this. And so then like Ishik and the adult them are just like laughing at what they did when they were 17. And uh, of course, Kedem's father decided to donate the lab again, which he's very, very upset about. Because apparently, so we now we find out his dad is extremely wealthy and successful. He's not a mobster like I wanted to think originally. <laughs> still could be a mobster (laughs) true true and so they all have this part they have this like dramatic um speech uh our friend osman like eats a hazelnut really dramatically like i didn't know that one could eat a hazelnut that dramatically and he just throws a bunch of paper in the air that somehow is like a thousand papers like i don't know where he got all that yeah like it should have really just been his ripped up speech but it was like a thousand ripped up speeches (laughs) it was so weird 
Um, and then they all burn their uniforms and all the couples hug happily, I guess, except they know that they are fucked. Um, and Osman is alone, like, like kind of like watches them and whatever. I'm still upset that he doesn't have like someone or like some sort of storyline because it just makes these scenes like kind of weird and sad. Yeah. I had the same note. Um, like, why don't we have a backstory? Does he only have hazelnuts <laughs> to hug? Poor guy. <laughs> and then, so Burju is like getting in a cab, like leaving her house with a bag. And Kemal's like, stop. And she's like, oh, the kids, like, did you know about that? And he's like, yeah, I just found out. And she's like, so does that mean this isn't real? And he's like, well, he kisses her and he's like, is this not real? It's just so cliche. I can't. <laughs> it's like literally what I just said. Um, and so they kiss and then the house starts falling down. Um, like Sinan's house in the future starts falling down as we thought it would because it seemed like it's going to fall down. And the picture of them breaks and like Eda just loses it. She's like, I need another chance at life. Like my life is shitty. Like, why did you bring me here? Like you made me realize that my life is the worst. I'm still very confused about everything. Um, and she just like is bawling, doesn't want to leave the house. Ishik basically has to like drag her outside of the house so they don't get crushed, except she's not able to do that. And then somebody knocks on the door and that's the end of the season. Intriguing. Yep. So I agree with all of your takes and I'm very excited to talk about this because this is ridiculous. start the everything as you said wow you have french fries i want french fries so bad <laughs> everything that the old older versions of them say i just want to punch them in the face they are so obnoxious yeah i feel like like the dialogue is kind of natural in the other parts and then in the flash in the flash forwards it's just so forced no i was gonna yeah i was gonna say basically the same thing same things you both have said um let me see oh i do have something random related to the adult scene uh that charcuterie board looked perfect and they did not touch it (laughs) i wrote that down specifically i would have uh i wrote how is that charcuterie board not 100 consumed already it looks to be zero percent consumed what the fuck (laughs) i mean you're always there to notice the important things. <laughs> yeah. You guys always get the good plot takes in, so I'm like, I gotta <laughs> find my niche, which is how the food is treated on camera. Well, the, she also left the suborek, which looked really good, untouched. Yeah. Which is like but incredibly thought, difficult to make, and she like made it. <laughs> in her Tupperwares. But I, I thought that it was like a callback to the her eating disorder or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that she's not eating anymore because she's unliberated. I mean, since we're like with the adult losers now, like, I mean, yeah, the meltdown at the end was so, <laughs> I, I totally didn't get it. Like, it was so dramatic and it, it was so ridiculous. How did like the house shaking trigger it? I don't like, was there, is there going to be an earthquake in season two in the past where like, like the night? It seemed like an earthquake. I mean, the freaking wine glass yeah. was shaking. Like, so bizarre. And also, 
it made Borju seem like the most uh, well-adjusted adult, which is fucking insane because that girl's got issues on her. Borju or Ushuk, which one? Like, oh, sorry, Ushuk, Ushuk, Ushuk. I, I, yeah, I do the same thing for some reason. Wasn't yeah. Yeah, it was like Burju. Burju's kind of well adjusted. No, no. We're just like dumb until she's because... not, which is like something else we need to get to. But yeah, but like Eda is like, oh, my life is terrible. I oh. ruined my life. And also, she drew the ugliest fucking tree on a ship's yes. arm. And also, yes. like, this is so minor, but just. If you're going to have a character trait like that, don't do it twice in the finale episode and never do it in any other episode. Like Sophia said, like suddenly she draws on people's skin now. Like that's a never been shown yeah. before. And they shoot it three times in this episode. Yeah, she just drew on walls, which, okay, was a trademark, fine. But like the body thing is just not. She doesn't have a future as a tattoo artist and I would know as I'm currently binging all the seasons of Ink Master. <laughs> You're uniquely qualified. We know, Sammy. We know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Borju's, like, negging reverse psychology argument. Did you guys buy that? Uh, <laughs> kinda. I mean, I don't know. Maybe because of uh, the language like lack of like subtitles I mean like it just it I mean it was it was obviously like very theatrical but I wasn't necessarily surprised that she got them to come around using that level of dramatic language but I mean as Sophia was recapping I agree that it's ridiculous that they fell for it actually because uh I don't know like in the mood of the show I didn't find it ridiculous but like stepping back and hearing from your guys' perspective is like, yeah, okay, that was kind of ridiculous that no one would be like they can they can finish, uh, you know, without finish their degree without being in school. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think necessarily that it was ridiculous that they agreed with Borju mm-hmm. in the end. But what was ridiculous was how like unfeeling and um, like intense about expelling these kids they were in the yeah. first place, like. They're teachers, like they should know that they have a responsibility for the rest of these kids' lives. Like it shouldn't be news to them that if they expel them, bad yeah. shit will happen. Like that was what was ridiculous. Borju's argument yeah. was fine, but those teachers' initial arguments were ridiculous. But it is funny that the te- one of the teachers, I think they say her name, like probably like Aisha, I think it's Aisha or something. And she's like, well, you told us not to make this personal, like not to make it about how these students make us feel. But now you're making it personal and trying to get us in their shoes, which also it's interesting that she somehow knows all the backstories for these kids and like knows and their deepest, darkest secrets and struggles when like all she did was- Yes, how does she know that? With some of them. She must have heart to hearts off camera, which makes for very bad show running to not show the phone. Yeah. Oh, also, I have a question for you guys. So afterwards, Nedjtek comes into the room and he's like, it was 11 to 1. Was the one Nedjtek or was the one Borju? Because she said, I voted. Nedjtek, I think. Yeah. So she switched her vote. So she's a liar. Right. Well, her vote's like <laughs> ironic. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Ironic voting. That's a new one. <laughs> Next level hipster, it's like in the business setting. No one even knows what's happening anymore. (laughs) 
I did. I'm a real sucker for Borju and Kaval, so I absolutely loved that scene when he was like, "Choose me." <laughs> oh, it was. That's what I couldn't remember. I was like playing it in my head, but it was like the scene in Grey's Anatomy where Meredith is like, "Pick me, oh, choose yeah. me, yeah. love me." But we all know Addison's cooler. <laughs> I have to say, I like really enjoyed that he said, like, I'll listen to what you want, which I think he's a very woke lead for a TV show in general. Like, Agreed. He's a very modern uh, mm-hmm. love interest character. Yeah. I'm just worried that he said that the world was the worst. So I hope um, Hall changes outlook a little bit now. <laughs> oh, God. I know that they, okay, so it seemed to me like they tried to do like a bait and switch with Kerem's dad, like, oh, he's good now. And then, oh no, he's an asshole because he's going to pay for the lab. But like, I just felt like he was being a good dad, but I guess we're supposed to hate him. Mm -hmm. Because remember Kerem said like, I don't want you to do anything for me regarding my expulsion. Um, Because the dad was like, I'll just call the school and we'll fix it. And he was like, no, like, you've been getting me out of trouble my whole life. And like his dad not only gets him out of trouble, but he like blames him for having to get him out of trouble. He's like, Mm -hmm. you're so useless. I have to fix all your problems for you. So that made Kenem be like, don't fix anything for me ever again. Like, I'll, I'll deal with the consequences of my actions. So he's being mature. And then his dad is like, I think the mom put him up to apologize because I don't believe that apology to be 100% sincere. Um, But I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, it seemed like the mom was like trying Mm -hmm. to make peace. But I thought the dad was fine. Like, why wouldn't he try to smooth over his kid ruining the (laughs) fucking school? (laughs) I don't know why that makes him so angry, but apparently it does. I really thought the scene where Eda confessed her like deepest, darkest secret of wanting to be a graphic designer. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) She was like, I have something to tell you. And her mom was like not like (laughs) chill about it either. So it's like, oh my god. Her mom was kind of an asshole about it, but at the same time, she wasn't like, oh no, that's a horrible idea. She was just like, uh. But, like, my question is, what are her expectations for Ida? Like, does she want her to just get married? Is that what's at her level? Like, that's even dumber. Like, I don't think any mother would say out loud, like, I I prefer to you, you to get married than you get, like, a degree in something you like. Especially in, the, in like, 1998. Like, maybe 1860 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, like, I just... As you all know, Edda is not my favorite character. And I feel like she's like so extra for the very low level of angst that her life has. <laughs> like if she had said one more sentence to her mom, her mom would have been like, okay, we'll pay for graphic design school. You know, she was like, fine. Yeah, what, what doesn't like Ridiculous. make sense to me is why they were going to send her to France. Because like they're going to pay a lot of money for another education rather than like, but like for her to get married to some dude in France, I guess, or I don't know. Oh, really? You think that was going to be like a marriage in France? I, don't, I, I feel like it was just because they thought that she wouldn't be able to go to an, another school of, you know, some prestige in Turkey. But I don't think like, I don't know if marriage was in the cards in France. I don't know. For some reason, I just assumed that her parents just want her to get married 
just because she ends up getting married, it seems. We don't know. She seems to be a cool mom who wears laptop. Oh, yeah. I didn't look. Did you guys look to see if she had a ring on? We'll have to look up that later. No, but remember the uh, first episode, they had the like the flashes of everyone's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess we all assumed that Edda was the housewife just because. Oh. That was the only like female yeah. thing happening. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this show is non-heteronormative, but I do not. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's possible, <laughs> given the hullabaloo we know about. And then the most, maybe the most ridiculous speech that we got was Ashuk's mom, like just talking about how wonderful it is to be normal. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bizarre. Like, what? Like, what? I don't understand. Like, Ashuk is being a fucking criminal. It's not about whether she should like strive for excellence or mediocrity. Like, <laughs> I don't understand what's happening here. For me, um, I know Sophia, you mentioned that like they should apologize. Obviously the two biggest problems with the apology, see, uh, all of the apology events, I guess, was that it wasn't just, I'm sorry. Like, like to your point, that was super unnecessarily humiliating, um, which actually, was like to the point of being annoying it wasn't even like I don't know it was just so ridiculous like it was annoying to watch it and you were and I was just like really you're that evil okay <laughs> so that was obnoxious like an obnoxious scene to write in the script and then really obnoxious that the other punks didn't have to apologize to anyone or like face any consequences whatsoever mm-hmm. that was also like to the point of being to the point of reducing the believability of the plot yeah but also like what's what's weird is that last episode they said that some of them were in the hospital and then all of them are there looking unscathed like laughing at other people and like these people it's a very like draco malfoy and care of magical creatures situation (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i definitely agree with sophia that they should have fucking apologized like it's five minutes or two minutes of your life versus your high school diploma this is ridiculous and I feel like this show has like extremely warped morals if they're trying to teach us that like being an asshole and standing up for your dumb principles is more important (laughs) I hope teenagers don't watch this show well I think I think I you know I if I read the apology that was written if I like read the paper I wouldn't have apologized I would have been like these other punks were you know doing it too and I don't accept this wording like I'm sorry that I broke your lab but I'm not gonna say right right um which is what I thought Ashuk was gonna do I thought she was gonna just like say like I am sorry but this is what happened and like whatever but no they were just like I don't regret it (laughs) no I mean that's fair that it was it was yeah very that for them to swing that far in the other direction was pretty extreme but I mean what is this show if not extremes (laughs) also like it didn't say anywhere that they had to give his apology like they could have just given any apology right not like just been I don't know I don't know why they're forced to read his paper which is a bullshit paper yes (laughs) but also like if you're a teen like think about like how much more impulsive you are and like how much more you're like fuck this what is like very confusing is that even adult them think that child them had the right way of thinking. That's yeah, 
they're like, wow, we were so great when we were 17, weren't we? <laughs> Which like, who thinks that? Come on. Very few people. I thought it was really sweet when Kemal went to straighten Sinan's tie. Oh yeah. That was adorable. I'm in love with Kemal now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> His face is weird though. And then Sinan is, Sinan is a fucking asshole for telling that they set them up. Why you gotta ruin everything, Sinan? I'm, I'm very confused. Like, I feel like he's trying to do the right thing, but like, they were never gonna find out, A. Yeah. No. And matter. B, like, it's gonna make you look like an idiot. Yep. Yeah. And it risked breaking the up true love, which like is an evil act. Much more evil than a couple white lies. That should be the tagline for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we did get that Kerem and, Bur- sorry, God, Kemal and Borju are going to stay together forever and live happily ever after, which I was so are they though to see. Oh, yeah. That could have been a goodbye hug. Mind, which is the only reality. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so, Sophia? I mean, that hug kind of felt like a goodbye, in my opinion. No. Did you think that is good? No. I think there's going to be some... It might be. It might end up being tragic, but like I think going into season two, they're going to be a thing still. But I don't know why she's so pissed at the kids. Like, Did they really end up doing something bad? I don't think so thought that was an overreaction (laughs) i think that that it kind of makes sense that she's pissed because she's so she was so malleable like she never would have broken up with that guy if not Mm. for him them so they did change her life without her permission i mean fortunately tunjai was idiot yeah (laughs) yeah that asshole oh and then we got the tease at the end of the knock on the door but they didn't actually resolve any of the questions that they put forward in the pilot about where everyone is and what is up and what happened yeah that gives me the sad impression that that's gonna all like be lost and forgotten like that's something they did in the pilot and it's not gonna like reverberate throughout Mm. the show yeah i just have trouble imagining season two and having a whole plot around just like the high school dropouts and what their lives are now. I don't know. And I definitely don't want it to feature the adult versions. Oh, well, of they're God. not going anywhere, I think. <laughs> There's gonna just gonna be more of them. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's torture. I need to know about the freaking hazelnuts. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he just pops in a hazelnut. Them? And like, we don't know why he eats so many hazelnuts or where yeah. he can afford. He has low blood pressure. So we, yeah, well, that's his only character trait. Like they really dropped the ball on him. Yeah, we had to like his only something thing is this season. This was ridiculous. We got nothing. Yeah. And like, I don't like, we don't even find out if his dad's in fact a driver or if he's like wealthy as well. Like, or if like what his mom, like we don't even have a mom. I don't know. It's bizarre. His mom was doing laundry. That's all we knew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which doesn't tell us anything about her. Yeah. I I know you want more Osman, Sophia. Yeah. And I want him to like not be the like decoration character. Like he should be a main character. The fifth wheel. Yeah. yeah. What's the point of having a fifth wheel? Like it's just, it's all so dumb. It's so weird. Like when he like 
threw away his entire future and went down to be with them. It was like, oh God, that's going to be awkward because they're just going to be hooking up all the time. Now they don't yeah. have school. <laughs> he should have just been like, fuck you. Like it would have been a much more interesting storyline for him to like actually apologize. Yeah. yeah that's what I thought was going to happen. And like, then they wouldn't be friends but, with him ever again, but whatever, like he can have a life and be a successful entrepreneur right. that he's already going to be regardless of his education anyway. Right. Oh man. I have one more thing. Another yeah. another just yeah. non unnecessary non 90s song in the soundtrack that's super weird cover oh of We God. Are Young. Like what the fuck was that? Oh my God. Yes, I so have bad. that in my what the fuck. Yeah. And they changed like the range of the of the singer. Like I don't know, like they changed like I don't know what this is called, like technical music jargony stuff that I have no clue about, but like they changed like the sound of of like the the chorus, like the tone that it's in i don't know how to explain it like they made it sound different and it just, just maybe i don't know i don't really know musical terms either yeah i don't know what it's called but they changed something that like in the chorus that was upsetting it was literally everything that could make a person hate covers it was yeah. like so fucking slow and obnoxious yeah. and, and before um, they had the really good cranberry song which is such a 90s song and like such a good song oh, such yeah. A good song, so. yeah like why why ruin it with freaking fun <laughs> So now we're going to move on into our history section. And today we are talking about possible spinoff shows that we would like to see, maybe perhaps in my case, more than I would like to see season two of this show. And also what we think the characters are up to. Yeah. What we think happened to the adults, which section would you guys like to do first? Maybe the adults, because then we can like. I don't know, get that out of our system because I feel like we just have a lot of feelings about the adults and then that could actually uh, lead into an alternate reality conversation with the spinoff where they would result in being less, uh, I don't know, useless as adults potentially with the Mm spinoff plots that we come up with. I don't know. Who do you you all think is at the door, first of all? I think Osman is at the door because I think that it's Sinan and Kerem that are jail and dead. I yeah. just can't decide which is which. But I feel like from Eda's absolute fucking freak out that maybe it's Kerem that's dead. Hmm. But remember that already Ishik had a breakdown as well. Could be like he's in past. Yes. prison though. Or like he fucked up his life and he's in prison. Potentially. Yeah, that's true though, Sophia, because she was at the painting, you know? painting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe they're both. And then also, did you guys, um, they had, when Borju was giving her like negging speech, she mentioned like somebody committing suicide. And oh. I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. That was, well, yeah, that was very heavy handed. Foreshadowing. So do we think Osman is a sultan of success and just like has a horse farm, you know, because he's wealthy? Or is he like yes, a hired think, hand at a horse? No, I think that he owns the horse farm and goes there to play at taking care of the horses, like an agricultural holiday. <laughs> when the like, is that what the riches call it? An agricultural holiday. Too much. <laughs> I don't know. Go to the dude ranch that he owns. I don't know what you call that. 
Oh, I want to play as being a <laughs> being a laborer. <laughs> well, there are like hobby farms, right? That's a thing. So maybe he has a hobby farm. That's li- like Marie Antoinette literally had like a little village that she would go and play and be a baker and be like all sorts no, of. No, no shit, really. I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Because she li- like Awful. that was like the thing. It's interesting. I just. That was um, a reference that came up at the recent like Prince Harry, Meghan Markle interview because they showed them like taking care of the chickens oh. or whatever. And everyone's like. <laughs> That's so funny. I heard it in a podcast that like actually kind of like redeems Marie Antoinette because like she's like a very wow. maligned figure, but like she just did what she was supposed to be to do, like yeah. be queen and like spend money because that's what queens do well she was born into like the the austrian yeah she's maria Theresa's like 16th daughter or something she had like a bajillion children she's like the youngest of yeah i mean what how else how else would she have behaved like you said (laughs) and she was like 13 again like how else would she have behaved hashtag stop the antoinette hate (laughs) (laughs) there's anything we want you to yeah. take away <laughs> hashtag let them eat cake was not that bad of a thing to say <laughs> she didn't even say it it was balsac before she was born or something hashtag she didn't even say that <laughs> so sad they made her get rid of her dog oh. this is gonna make sammy sad or well both sammy and no don't Andy. say it don't like say when it. she moved from austria to france they like had her go to a little island and she had to leave all of her things from her previous life behind including yeah. her dog fuck. who was a pug. what the fuck <laughs> i mean my hope is that like they just took the dog back to austria but like i don't know Sure, they just left the dog unattended to on this random island. <laughs> well, with that, why don't we uh, wrap up the episode? Okay, <laughs> just like completely, completely. No, I need you guys to hear my spin-off right. ideas. They're All brilliant. Right. Wait, wait, but so that's what we think happened to. But what do we think happened to Burju and Kemal? They lived happily ever after. In okay. <laughs> He's so patronizing. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that they went to live to, like, I'm sure she went to Trabzon and he was like trying to figure out what to do. Why she would go back to Trabzon? I don't know. Because it seems like a move that she would make. Like, literally, she just packed up all her shit and was going to leave. Like, where was she going? There's only one place that she could have been going to. Also, all her shit fit in like a carry on suitcase. Yeah. Like an apartment she was very much settled into. Yeah. Very nice apartment. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe she's just taking some days off. But like again, if she's going to Trabzon, like there is where her like this dude Tunjai just like like shit talked her to the whole town. Well, I mean yeah. it's not a, that small of a of a city for it to be a town. But like she's going back and all her relatives are like, What's wrong with you? You canceled your engagement. You're a terrible human. so yeah not a good move on my end i can tell you what happens to borgia and kamal in my what what happened okay let's segue okay it's called friday night hoops and borgia and kamal move to (laughs) travzone and they purchase 
a community center for underserved youths uh, and they run the, <laughs> she runs the academic part so yeah, you're making me crack up and he runs the basketball team and you just watch their lives and then the basketball team wins the national championship and everything is great i have to say friday night hoops just made me think of those hoops that regina george wouldn't let gretchen wieners wear I was going to say, I thought this was going to be a lot of hearings, <laughs> but I just didn't see how this was going to be some like, weird uh, fanfic around Friday Night Lights and this show. <laughs> Is Coach Taylor going to, like, uh, consult for them? Like, help them? Please. Help, them help the youth? Oh, yeah, yeah. Coach Taylor does, like, a sabbatical <laughs> at their community center. <laughs> Yes. Coach Taylor. Fun fact: Coach Taylor is uh, our one of our few regular listeners of this podcast. <laughs> what drove him to this oh podcast? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So they're they're okay. doing great, helping the youths and being in love. Interesting. Would they? Would you go so far as to say they adopt all of the problem children? I mean, well, like the problem children from Istanbul from the series, like Ushukin. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Leave those fuckers behind. No, no, no. We're finding problem children with hearts uh, and souls. Okay. We're not taking these devils from Istanbul. I was hoping the devils would get adopted. <laughs> no, 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 no. These are nice children. The only one though that needs to get adopted is Sinan. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They could take Sinan with them. That's fine. Nobody else. <laughs> Although I don't know that Sinan is going to turn out to be a basketball prodigy. Yeah. So what, what, do you have any other spinoffs or just? Oh, I do. <laughs> continue. I have, I have none. So I, just, I would rather just okay. make fun of yours. <laughs> Number two is called Heart and Heavies. And <laughs> Heavies? <laughs> yeah, like Heavies, like goons, but I couldn't think of another H word that was better. So Hearts and Heavies. And it's about <laughs> Kerem's life as an enforcer for the mob that his dad owns. What is that? What is heavies? But, <laughs> what does that even mean? I've never heard this You It means goons. Really? Heavies. Oh, yeah. like heavy. I don't know if that's Something like a heavy. Britishism. Yeah. Is this a, like 1910s English? Like what is heavies? <laughs> it's very possible that it's a British thing. I might have been corrupted, but. Uh, I mean, I watched, I watched, um, what's that show? Peaky Blinders. No, ain't no yeah. one saying heavies on that show. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Heavies, slang, a villain, a mobster. Interesting. It sounds like something someone would say with a 50s accent, like talking about like. <laughs> yeah, no, even earlier, yeah, like, like 20s or 30s. <laughs> like that. I just said, I was, ask, I, would, I was asking if Sammy heard it on WandaVision or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched that, but maybe. Me neither, actually. But yeah, so it's about Kerem acting as an enforcer or heavy. No one does not. He's he's also got a heart of gold, as we know. Um, Maybe he mentors some of Kemal's basketball (laughs) kids that moved to Istanbul. Wait, I thought the kids were from Stockholm. They are, but if they like graduate and then they move to Istanbul for more opportunities, then like Kerem could mentor them, but like definitely not tell them about the dark side of his life. And um, he and Eda have like an artsy apartment together. 
um, where she's an artist and he goes and breaks people's knees for the mob. And they're still not adopted by Bourgeois and Kemat. No. Crazy. <laughs> no. They probably live in like a really hipstery back street somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, like, Sammy, I kind of think that you would really like this, like, show from Catalunya. How do you say that in English? I don't know. Well, like that, and- ex- like less nice sounding. <laughs> yeah, with less, less style. Uh, I have no clue how you say that. Catalonia. Catalonia, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anywho, there's this Catalonian show. Catalonia. Catalonia. Philosophy teacher who like, like basically takes troubled students and makes them like like studying through philosophy. Uh huh. And you should watch it because it has a lot of the elements of the two shows you created in one. <laughs> Don't you think those would be good shows? If you change the name of the second one so people understand what's going on. <laughs> what's an H word for a goon? I couldn't think of anything. A uh, hoodlum. <laughs> Yeah, that's the <laughs> heart and hood. Yeah, looks. I don't know. At least, at least you know, like that it's you know a person. Like, what is but that? Heavy? I like, have like, no like, idea what from... happy was. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a hoodlum. He's from like a really posh background. Isn't a hoodlum just like someone who's on the street and up random yeah. people? <laughs> he's respectable, and yet he breaks knees. <laughs> yeah, got it. It's like the duality that the at the heart of his character that needs to be further explored okay Interesting. <laughs> what's the, what's the <laughs> okay i think honestly a good spin-off would be like about their parents because like they seem so strange and the whole episode i was just like wondering what how their parents were going to react after the speeches but they never showed anything or no nothing something that we all love on this show and i think we mentioned before like a renovation show for that house Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's a great idea. That yeah. would be a wonderful spin-off. What who would you have do it? Um I don't know, maybe Chip and Joanna or someone cool like that. <laughs> I have one more spin-off idea. And this relates back to when we decided that Sinan and Ella were vampires. Oh, you decided that. Yeah, what did we, we decide that? Because made up the word eat. heavy. <laughs> or when you made up the word Twitter painting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then oh I should have worked Twitter painted into one of these shows. God damn it. With Twitter with painted. Twitter and... painted. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay. So this one this show is called Blood on the Bosphorus. Oh. And it's about the community of vampires in Istanbul, like teenage vampires and all of their travails and it focuses mostly on Sinan and that's why he's so fucking pale all the time is because he doesn't drink enough blood he's definitely malnourished so you know we're not clear on what that would make sense it could be his stance about like drinking from humans and street cats in Istanbul I don't know we can explore that further vampire morale and you said Eda you think was you decided also yeah because she doesn't eat so she's also a vampire (laughs) And they're just like randomly friends with uh, like three non-vampires. Yeah, it's like a Twilight kind of situation. Uh, 
They just keep going to high school and fucking it up and going again. Bunch of heavies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I think you could do like a whole talk show on that living room by the Bosphorus. Like that would be a really nice setting for like either some sort of cooking show or like a nice little like morning talk show. For a Tupperware infomercial. Once they renovate the house. No, even now, like they can make enough money from that show to renovate the house. Wow. <laughs> Cross genre and entrepreneurial. Incredible. Yeah. Yep. They could do like a hell's kitchen and every time you fuck up, you just get thrown into the phosphorus and have to swim away. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about a show like Nailed It, but everyone just has to recreate that ugly old people painting? <laughs> and I have to steal <laughs> God, please let it have Nicole as the host as well. She's the best. Like, honestly, like, it's so funny. I feel bad for the people who go on it because they, like, really get humiliated, but it's really funny. They, like, have to know that that's what's going to happen to them. Like, who goes on that show thinking that it's, like, not going to be a humiliating experience? Oh, man. Are we out of ideas? I think so. Yeah, I think I really put the crown on that segment with that last idea so there's really nowhere else we can take this (laughs) oh yeah okay oh what about like a a Nedjdet centric like Breaking Bad type narrative I I like that so he's like a really uh, evil drug lord in the show I watch every Monday night oh my god So and he's bald so it's like Breaking Bad, except he like doesn't have cancer Whoa. and stuff. His like backstory is completely different, but still, <laughs> it could be these the worst ones that drive him into a life. Yeah, we need to show that bridges. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Him with hair and him without hair. What happened there? Mm-hmm. And we could also have a dating show for Red Dress. Ooh, like Billy um, Billy Thomas Beguiles. <laughs> The guy like Billy. <laughs> Billy's beach, and they all come to the beach oh. to date her. Billy's <laughs> heavy beach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think we've come up with the winner. <laughs> the opportunity to say Billy <laughs> is a win. <laughs> Billy's bows. Oh, I like that. Yes. All right, so now we're going to move on into our final and favorite section, which is what the fuck and who's our sultan of success? Woo-hoo. I've never had so many what the fucks, not even for when we were doing the protector. Really? Yeah, I think we, I think most of them have been said. I mean, real real quick rundown. What the fuck? Because the punks didn't have to apologize, but like other punks. Um, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Graphic design is apparently a lowly career path. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the fuck about the charcuterie board? It should have been 100% eaten. It was 0% eaten. Uh, what the <laughs> fuck at Nedjit's like cruel apology? What the fuck at the We Are Young cover? What the fuck at uh, Bourgeois, like, suddenly being 
you know, Borju Holmes and figuring everything out. <laughs> Borju Holmes, I would watch that fucking show. <laughs> and what the fuck the is on meltdown? And then I think I have a second what the fuck about the charcuterie board. I like wrote that down twice. That really got to me. <laughs> only <laughs> only me. I only person who noticed because I noticed it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I have what the fuck wind in the when they're about to like debase themselves what the wind is like their hair is everywhere like just tie your hair back they all have hair ties like the shook and Edda have their hair tied partially yep. back and yet they're letting all their hair go into their face what the fuck? i have that one but in their defense my hair gets in my face when it's windy even if i have it up yeah but you would have at least attempted it <laughs> what the fuck are osman's pants waistline his pants are like up to his belly button probably for extra extra hazelnut compartment maybe because he needs the deep pockets (laughs) he has to have high-waisted pants yeah i have what the fuck speech confetti oh yeah but like come on (laughs) where did that come from (laughs) his pockets are unbelievable Um, so deep (laughs) what the fuck we are young cover i think we should mention it as often as possible (laughs) what the fuck Eda and Ashik going into a collapsing house during what is potentially an earthquake. Maybe don't. Yeah. Yep. And what the fuck, Eda tattoo life. <laughs> Angry don't, tree. Who draws on all her friends' arms. <laughs> and also the one that she showed her mom was like so ugly. <laughs> Can we all get like, matching on Angry Tree tattoos? no it was so ugly it was like there was no leaves or anything but only uh, only the the beauty of that is only the three of us will understand and find it funny and the rest of the world will think it's hideous (laughs) wow that's a great idea (laughs) we'll do that right except permanent right there's there are no cons to this idea maybe bigger too if we can make it bigger and like on our foreheads i'll stop yeah and like his neck tattoo. oh yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with a good neck tattoo Mm-mm. all right sophia you're up i the only what the fuck that i have that you guys haven't mentioned although i think the wind one is huge <laughs> is when they burn their uniforms like that just seems kind of oh yeah like you could give those clothes to somebody who needs yep. clothes good point <laughs> that's a great point and like now they're wearing all of these like rebellious clothes and it's funny because like um Ishik is wearing like a revealing shirt like uh off the shoulder top and then it's weird also what the fuck about the like as I mentioned beforehand like the some of the other goons were like supposedly in the hospital and stuff and then these guys are like unscathed so like that's very confusing yep Oh, and, and the dad apology, which, again, I think should be mentioned. Um, like, oh, he has a 16-year-old child, and now just now he discovered that he's a shitty dad. <laughs> and, like, seemed to have a- He was just trying to get something from him. Yeah, but seemed to be having, like, an earnest apology, but then maybe not. I don't know. But don't you want to see more of that dynamic on hearths and heavies? And maybe Kerem will eventually decide to like overthrow his father and become the head of the gang. Okay, I I like the idea. I actually do like the idea, but like I don't like the name at all. Sorry. <laughs> we can definitely workshop the name. 
Like, I was also thinking of like love and, but I couldn't think of an L word for gangsters either. It should be like so. Peaky Blinders, but like something relevant to the time and place. So like completely different, but like Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Who is the Sultan of Success for this episode? I mean, as I mentioned at the beginning, I think it could be Osman because he's like really badass. He's like the one who's like, like, you're so he's, wrong. like the, he's like the reigning sultan of success for like the past entire season. <laughs> no, he just lost out on a high school diploma. He's the fifth wheel in a bunch of losers. He is not the sultan of success. I refuse. Fine, can it be Kimal? <laughs> yes, that's what I wanted. I mean, kind of also, Kimal stole my also heart. kind of Burju Holmes for like changing personality. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Okay, it could be the. It could be the. Both I feel like they've together. also yes have had many a title as sultans of success, but. <laughs> oh my god! I really want that show now. Burju Holmes. It just like <laughs> she's like she's like a naive <laughs> idiot for the whole season of the season finale of every season. She's like, oh, I solved all the crimes. <laughs> it only took me like twenty episodes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Remember those thirty-four crimes from the thirty-four episodes. <laughs> Um, I've just solved them all in one yeah. second. <laughs> After one conversation with my good friend Billy Watson. Yeah, Billy. Has, wow. Yeah, this is a uh, this this one this one definitely needs to get produced. I'll, I'll reach out to Netflix Turkey for this. <laughs> Netflix Turkey, hit us up. We know you're listening. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back to you next time talking about Innocent or Masum, which I think should be really interesting. We dedicate this episode to Billy J. Watson and Burju Holmes, and we hope to see them on our screen. Jay. Yeah. <laughs> and Hearts and Heavies, because it's a great idea. Better name. <laughs> Uh, congrats to our sultans of success, Borju and Kamal. May you live happily ever after. Bye.